Welcome to Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, Assistant Pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. This broadcast will challenge and encourage God's people to seek revival. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to Striving for Revival. Welcome to the Striving for Revival radio broadcast. This is Pastor Justin Cooper coming today from the KNVBC studio at the North Valley Baptist Church here in Santa Clara, California. My, what a privilege it is to have you join me for the broadcast today, and what an honor is mine to take this King James Bible and to share with you some eternal truth from the very Word of God. Today we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse 18 and following, and I'm looking forward to breaking down more of this chapter together with you. Now, you remember chapters 1 through 5, a lot of doctrine. Chapter 6, a lot of application. Verse 1 through 10, Paul gives information to us about sin and righteousness, our new life in Christ. In verse 11 through the end of the chapter, Paul makes the application of those truths. And let me just plug this in for the preacher that's maybe listening today. You already know this, but let me just hit it. What good is a sermon if it's all information and no application? Nobody goes fishing unless there's a hook on the lure. And every sermon ought to have an application, ought to have a hook in it. And so Paul, in these verses, provides us with his hook with the application of the truth. Now, if you've missed any of our previous Bible studies, you can find those on the podcast. Go to wherever you get your podcast and type in striving for revival and become a subscriber. It's free, and that gives you access every day to all of the studies that we've ever done. You can listen, listen again, and then re-listen, and that way you don't miss a thing. I know how life goes and how schedules get. Sometimes you might not catch us live on your given station. The podcast enables you to catch up, and that way you don't miss a thing. Now, let's begin in verse 18. Being then made free from sin... Now, let's talk about that. He doesn't mean sinless perfection. He's talking about that bondage of sin that a lost individual is in where sin has dominion over them. We've been set free from that old taskmaster. Ye became the servants of righteousness. Our position has changed from one who was under condemnation, under sin, to now one who is under grace. Now we do not serve the old nature but we ought to be striving to serve and please the new nature. We are no longer a servant of sin, all right? So this is what we're talking about here. We're free from that old philosophy that we ought to live to sin and love sin and fulfill the desires of the flesh. So the application here is uh, we're willing to shun that philosophy that some would advocate where we live in sin so that grace can abound. Now we become bond servants of righteousness. So Paul is using these words, what we call play on words. On one hand, we've been emancipated or set free from the slavery of sin. Now on the other hand, we have willingly become slaves. We've submitted ourselves to serve righteousness. Seek ye first, right? The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So rather than sin being our master, now we can submit ourselves to the master of righteousness practically to live every single day. Verse number 19, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness, and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. 
So see what he says. I speak after the manner of men. Paul is alluding to the fact of our servitude before salvation, the infirmity of our flesh, the weakness of our flesh. So the tendency of the flesh is to yield to temptation. Even now, post-salvation, the flesh is still the same. It was not converted. It was not sanctified. It's just as wicked and corrupt as ever. And so the proclivity of the flesh is to yield to temptation. So he's saying, you remember how before salvation in your past life, you yielded your body, you yielded your members, you submitted to the flesh and gave into temptation and lust. Well, that's how you used to live. And by the way, that ought to be the case in the Christian life. It's a used to live. It's a once was, not anymore. That's how I used to be before salvation. And such were some of you, but now are you washed, you're sanctified, you're justified, as Paul told the Corinthians. So just as they in the past life had yielded their bodies to uncleanness and sin, now they're directed to yield themselves to righteousness, and righteousness births holiness. So uncleanness, uncleanness he talks about in verse number 19, uh, means uh, any kind of impurity in the flesh, that uncleanness, iniquity, which is lawlessness or rebellion. So people living in sin frequently are characterized by that fleshly impurity and that rebellion against the standards of right, the moral code. You don't toss out the spirit of the law. You're no longer under law, but under grace. But I'm still submitting to the spirit of the Old Testament in many cases, that morality that was instituted, that consciousness that God gives every man, right? That light that's inside of us, right and wrong, truth and error, good and bad. We all have that. We don't throw that out and say, well, now I'm living under grace. Everything's right because grace takes care of it. No, that's not, the, uh, that's not what the Bible teaches whatsoever. We don't live in lawlessness. We don't live in rebellion. We don't live in a lifestyle as those who are lost and involved in the impurities and rebellion of this world. But as we had lived in the past, now Paul says, hey, now you yield yourselves under righteousness and holiness. There's an interesting sequence that's been developed here. Verse 16 and 19, obedience to God becomes righteousness, verse number 19. However, as we practice righteousness in day-to-day living, it develops into holiness of life. All right? So it's, it's, it's different. We do not receive God's righteousness by doing. We receive God's righteousness by dying. You say dying? What do you mean? I mean dying to self, dying to the old man, crucifying the flesh. And when we die to self, thank God, we begin to live that righteous life, and righteousness births holiness. And with holiness comes peace of mind. With holiness comes the power of God. With holiness comes the stability in life. All of those good things from God come by living righteously, which produces holiness in our life day to day. Righteousness is an avenue of holiness. Holiness comes into our life through righteousness. Just like I said in a previous study, sin comes into our life by lust or by the flesh uh, that want to fulfill the desires of the external. That's how sin comes into our life. Well, holiness comes into our life by righteousness. Verse number 20, for when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. So grace gives you righteousness at salvation positionally, but it also gives you the power to live righteously after salvation. Amen and amen. You were the servants of sin. You were free from righteousness. There was no righteousness in you. No, there might have been a perception of righteousness. There might have been a a surface 
a show of righteousness, but it was just a form. It was just a facade. It was just a veneer because all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags in the sight of a holy God. So when you were lost and in your sin, there was nothing good about you whatsoever, nothing at all that made you righteous or right with God. Verse 21, what fruit had ye then? And those things whereof ye are now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. All right, so let's break down these verses a little bit. In continuing to rehearse the previous part of the spiritual journey these men had made, they used to be, but now they're not. Paul talks about that. He, he, he goes further. What fruit was there in those things that they used to do? Look back on your life. He said, what good came out of that sin? What fruit, what, uh, what thing that you're proud of came out of that old life, void of righteousness, void of God, uh, uh, sold under sin? What, what is there from that life that you want back? Nothing. We look back on the life before salvation. Can I say, what positive fruit is there in that life? Nothing. There's none. It's void. It's empty. Because a life without God is a worthless life, a wasted life, a wicked life. So the end of such living is death. It says, for the end of those things is death. Verse number 21. Uh, uh, so, but now we've been freed from the power of sin. We're the servants of God. And thank God, now we can produce fruit, show forth fruit in our lives that uh, is holy and that is eternal, and that is a value. So this is what grace does. This is what salvation does. It changes our life, all right? And now next broadcast, we're going to close out the chapter with verse 22 and verse number 23. And so you can go ahead and read ahead and study ahead if you will. But don't forget, this chapter begins with the information and now application. Paul has been teaching us in Romans how we're justified by uh, 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 faith. Faith believeth right? Abraham was accounted righteous because he believed God. But now, how does that apply to my daily living? The faith that you have on the inside ought to produce some living on the outside. That's why James says faith without works is dead being alone. He's not saying that you have to work your way to heaven, but he's saying that once you've been saved, you ought to be living a life that glorifies God. There ought to be some fruit, some evidence of salvation displayed. And that's what justifies us in the eyes of this world. Tune in next broadcast as we read the final two verses of the text. Until then, let's be busy praying for revival. Thank you for joining us today for Striving for Revival with Justin Cooper, assistant pastor at North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. Listen at this time every weekday as we strive for revival.